sweat it out. No one to comfort me. You knock me to my knees. Swear I can't believe she wanna be free just like me. Free just like me. What's good, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to Man to Man. This is the best NBA show out there right now. We're on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam. The Hoop Star Nash. The Hoop Star Nash. What's good, my guy? Little recap of last week for you guys. Uh, You guys heard our takes and how we feel about all the new coach hirings around the league, including Ty Lue, Doc Rivers, Stan Van Gundy, and the crew over in Brooklyn with Amari D'Antoni and Steve Nash. Of course, we had our man-to-man worthy or keep it moving. Shaq kind of calling out the white here. I don't know if it was a little fucked up. It might be a little fucked up. Chill out, Shaq. We finished out with our Pacers segment uh, with uh, the hiring of another Nate as our coach. We'll see if that guy turns out or not, right? And the surrounding questions with Victor Oladipo. Is he staying? Is he going? He probably getting out. Sorry, Vic. We don't have any money. This week, not much is going on around the NBA. We do hear some trade rumors here and there, but the big one being James Harden possibly going to the 76ers on a blockbuster trade. We also see the Board of Governors and the National Basketball Players Association working out the details in regards to when the next season is going to start. Are we going to get Christmas Day games? Are we not? Who knows? That being said, this week we're sort of navigating in a different direction, and we go into the Bay Area here. We're bringing on a very special guest, not only a diehard Warriors fan, but also super cool recording artist that just released a hot new single out right now. Before we get into that, golly, we got to shout out Yaz Apparel. It's the hottest streetwear available on the market right now. They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different color set hoodies, t-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes is rocking a Yaz hoodie. He's looking fucking fresh, too, okay? Every every item sold. They donate clothing to the homeless. It's a win-win. You look good. You do it for good cause. Plus, Everything in the store is 50% off at the checkout. That's yazapparel.club. Go check them out. We'll throw that link in the description. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Man to Man on Dash Radio. We got a special guest today, the San Fran native based out of L.A. Please welcome our guy, Mark E. Basie, to the show. Basie, what's good, my guy? I appreciate you coming on. What's good, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, without a doubt, bro. It's a pleasure. So for the people that don't know, get with it or get left without it. Mark, you just came out with a new fire single, Free Like Me, that came out under your your own label, New Gold Metal. Your last single was Die Hard, which was released over a year ago. The people got to know what prompted you to drop a single right now toward the end of the year. Is this foreshadowing an album? Um, It's foreshadowing an album a little less than it usually would be, but I definitely... It's been really difficult, you know, I'm, I'm obviously for everyone, but in music, like <clears throat> the truth is like people are streaming music less during COVID than they usually do. Um, so, you know, people have been weary of putting out complete projects and it's just been, everything's been up in the air. And, but usually I always give, I do one a year, usually. I mean, my whole career, I've like, since I started Marky Best, I at least had one album out every year and I'm not this year. So I feel bad. So I was like, I got to at least get the ball rolling, uh, at least for myself too. So right. it's, I'm going to be dropping music. I'm dropping music with a vengeance uh, <clears throat> now, but the I don't have like a date on the album yet, but I mean, shit, I could say uh, there will be another song and okay, probably a live, like a virtual show I'll do before the year's out. So okay, that'd be lit. Little live uh, virtual action. 
yeah, I was just just talking on the phone with people about it right now. Uh, so that's exciting. And then, yeah, man. I mean, I you know, I if I don't release music for too long, I kind of go crazy because I spend yeah. so much time working on it. So it's like, I if I don't get it out, it's just makes me feel crazy. So well, I'll tell you what, dude. The, the song's a hit. We're we're blowing it. It's blowing up all over the place. We put it on our TikTok for promoting our new merch. Uh, nice. I'm blasting the song in my car and my mom's like, what does free like me mean? And I'm like, I don't know. Just I, I'll, I'll ask the guy. I don't know what it means. So in your own words, you kind of said it's the bittersweet feeling of being alone, but feeling empowered in your loneliness. Not, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to get like too deep, Mark, but like, how are you empowered in your own loneliness? And for you, what does that mean to be free like me? Uh, Well, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, when you're, um, when you're in, when you're tied up in your social circle, in a relationship at work, uh, you end up having all these things that you feel like you have to do. Right. When in reality, if you just like hopped in the whip and drove a thousand miles in any direction and got, uh, with yourself, it's like all that shit's not real. You don't really have to do any of that. Right. Uh, all you got to do is sleep, eat, you know. <laughs> the normal stuff. Uh, yeah, porn hub. Just do your thing on the laptop real quick. Yeah. Uh, or on the phone. <laughs> or over the phone, don't matter. <laughs> but, uh, Damn, Mark, you basically coming out with the hot stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes you people get caught up and, like, they got to do all this shit. And, right. Um, I'm a very free adult man at this point in my life and i've been I've, I've had both you know i've been i've been close at this point to being married or not being married but in, you know like i've been close to doing yeah all, all the shit and i uh i was really close you know in the past like 18 months and i still like i think when you're an artist and when your true passion is what you do for a living and makes it harder to go the other way mm-hmm. and i find the best artistic version of myself is when I'm alone, you know, when I really right. give myself a chance. Like once I watched all the bullshit I have to watch on my phone and on Netflix, then I'm like, wow, what do you really want to do, Mark? And then, yeah. and I start reading, I start writing, I start practicing my craft, start working out, start meditating, all these things that I really want to do. Well, let's, yeah. let's, let's take a, a couple steps back here and kind of talk about your career path. You're raised in the Bay area. Um, both me and Andy kind of heavily dependent on our mothers growing up. We we've heard some interviews you talking about that um, and kind of supporting your dreams. So what kind of gave you that inspiration to move from San Francisco to LA? Was that like the career path that you had to take to, to get where you are or chase those dreams of being a musician? Um, well, I, I went, uh, I spent a year, I went to college for a year at UC Santa Cruz. Yeah. I was a banana slug. Um, and while I was there, I was just making music all the time. I really didn't stop uh, making music, and I was doing that way more than going to class. And I tell people this, and it sounds so dumb, but I had an ex-girlfriend that I was trying to get back at the time, and she was a year behind me. She was still in high school, and she was going with her friends to, like, a spring break trip in Mexico. And I was really dumb when I hold on one second uh I was I was really uh just kind of sorry I was really out of it 
And I thought in my head, I was like, if I leave and go to LA, uh, then by the time her like spring break or maybe it was summer thing happens, that like my band will be performing in Mexico at that. <laughs> and I was like, that'd be a good way to get her back. <laughs> That's funny. I really remember like sitting in my room and being like, there's no, it's kind of like free like me. Like I remember being, like, I don't have to do any of this. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not obligated. Like I could just move to LA and say, I'm a musician now, which is what I wanted to be. And I remember because I was a kid, you know, I was 17, I think. Right. I was like, wow, I could leave and like get an apartment and just, I'm a musician if I say I am. All right. uh, and then I like, you know, I talked to my mom. Like I said, my mom was always, she's an entrepreneur. She was very supportive. She wasn't very supportive, actually. She just was like, you're going to do what you're going to do. You know, kind of just like, all right, we'll yeah. see you. That's how she's always been. So, but I remember that feeling was like the greatest high I've probably ever felt when I was like sitting there. It's like, holy shit. I could just, yeah. be a, just I, do could, it. I could really be in the world. I could f- skip this whole, you know, four years of shit that I don't really want to be a part of. And I yeah. did. And it was a crazy feeling. Um, gives me the chills just to think about what that was like. Like it was. Hey, well, well you're not in. $40,000 debt. I, you know, five years at Tennessee and I'm like, ah, shit, how do I pay that off, dude? When do I start? So I, w- I would actually like to go back. Um, okay. okay. On campus, but I, I think the, you know, I think they should let people after high school go like fuck up for a little bit and then realize <laughs> how much fun it would be to not have to work and just to get to learn all the time. But obviously right. it's a financial thing. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I came down I worked on a moving truck. I worked at Banana Republic in a stock room. I did like nice. normal shit. Slept on couches, slept on floors until I got my first record deal. And <clears throat> that was in like 2010. So it's been like a 10 year journey for me. Well, so for so singers, songwriters, you know, musicians, artists, there's always that like moment that kind of, you know, creates this opportunity for you to succeed in your career uh did you have a moment like that i mean do you have a defining moment of like you know this door is opened and i'm going to you know be successful as a musician was there a defining moment like that there there was kind of two uh i've had sort of two careers but i was in a band in the beginning uh called 2am club and for that band it was like that band started really in like 2008 so this was 12 years ago so that was like before the internet really mattered. So that was all about like, we would go to every college and play like the frat parties at UCLA, <laughs> USC. And we would, we would be a bar band for this uh, bar called Hennessy's that has like a bunch of, it's like a chain bar that goes like from uh, the very, it's, it's basically like Orange County. And so we would go do all that. And then we just started, like we would go to the sorority houses when they would make like uh dinner announcements and we'll play like John Mayer songs and shit. Um, so what happened was we ended up playing at Chapman University at the lacrosse house. Lacrosse was like their best sport. And so we would play. And one of the kids I knew there, his dad was like a, a pretty successful, I mean, he was, he was in that band, The Talking Head. So he's mega successful musician, yeah. producer. And he was like, you should talk to my dad. He's back up in the Bay, in San Francisco. 
So I ended up talking to him. He was like, yeah, you can come. You can bring your guys and record a couple songs for a couple days. We did that. He found this lawyer for us. And then, like, it just happened in, like, 72 hours. Like, he sent our stuff out to labels and A&Rs. And wow. we got in it. And then about six months after that, like, we were selling out shows. And it was so cool back then because you didn't have – we weren't on Instagram. There was no way to know people yeah. were going to It's word of mouth, yeah. Yeah, so, like, when we had a show and, like, 400 – kids came just in a little room it was all these girls people singing our songs it was like how in the fuck did this just happen <laughs> that was so that was the first moment when we started selling out shows in LA and it was you know kids were like busting themselves in from the colleges and stuff it was like right. wow it's actually a thing and then um you know for Marky Basie like you know, I had a you know I've had like hits on the radio and platinum songs and all that. So I guess it, I was kind of already in it when I started Marky Basie. Okay. But same thing, free like me. Like I got out of every relationship, every contract. I had to start over. I was on my homie's couch, and uh, but then from that I started writing for Sean Kingston and Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. And we kind of got to have this little thing bubbling and. There was, there hasn't really been like some specific moment. I usually don't care. Like I don't notice. <laughs> like I really don't notice. But, um, you know. Well, I'll I'll ask you this, Mark. It sounds like you just said you had two defining moments. One was with the Two AM Club, and obviously when you've had hits with Marky Basie. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever just found yourself like? and a lack of motivation after you had like some big moment, like the just like us song. And then after you're like, ah, shit, like I'm trying to push myself and need to take a step back. Or did you ever find yourself in a struggle? Like after one of those moments where you just were like, boom, I'm hot as fuck. And then it's like, ah, okay, okay. I'm the, wanna... I'm the type of person that's never thinking I'm hot. So I'm just like, I could be literally have a top 10 song and be like, fuck, <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never really, uh, thought I was there yet I'm always kind of like feeling like the underdog um which is what keeps me motivated you know because it's been like 10 10 years now doing this and I've never slacked off I mean I gotta say like to me a lot of it too just I live the same like sort of style of life that I always have like I wake up I do my music I go to the studio and it's funny to watch like the money grow and just yeah. be like, oh my God. like I used like I you know I didn't have a car for hell long and then I had a nice car then I had I was on the couch then I had a like a little apartment now I got a crib like yeah. I don't know it's been building up so sometimes I laugh like it's working out Mark you can relax yeah without even knowing it you're like oh shit it's actually working cool a little bit it got to um, work has to work more but yeah now totally feel you what all right so let's talk about LA a little bit since we're we're on that subject. Moving to LA, obviously everybody's doing it. Everybody's trying to make for, make a name for themselves. Was it how hard? I guess was it to establish yourself in a city where people value? I guess how successful you are. They definitely value that here. Uh, they value it everywhere, but um, it's a little different. Uh, it's yeah. a little more superficial here. Uh, same thing, bro. I don't know. Like I, I try to live in my own world. I don't really live in LA. You know, I like. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I'm around are from the Bay Area, actually. Okay. Uh, but it's the hardest thing ever to make it in music in L.A. I don't know. I always kind of just, <clears throat> I didn't put too much pressure on it happening any certain way. 
I just kind of go wherever I'm called, you know, wherever, mm-hmm. wherever I'm going to get the bag, wherever I'm with people I love and wherever my talent is going to be challenged and appreciated at the same time. Can't just be right. appreciated, not challenged. That's no good. Would, but, would you say that you like were looking at anywhere else besides LA to kind of, you know, continue this career or was it just, uh, you were always sold on going to LA? Well, I lived in New York city for three years okay. uh, and the 13. 2010 to 2013 and everyone in that time moved to LA so it was like basically I was like kind of at the end of New York as people used to know it and New York just got so expensive it just weeded out it was like you had to be if you're like an artist in New York at that I mean even now you're probably like a really rich come from like a really wealthy family (laughs) probably yeah they can get you like that apartment and, and all that LA is just cheap you know LA is easy so you know, I paid like 300 bucks a month when I was starting out for my rent in LA. <clears throat> and that's the kind of shit you can do. Now you see that happening in Nashville also. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, I'm, I'm in the Ville, baby. You got to come sometime, man. It is getting, it's getting so expensive though. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So Nashville is probably, but still like you can still get a two bedroom house for probably like 1200 bucks or something or no. Yeah. 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 But here, you know, uh, here it's getting, I mean, LA is really expensive too, but I'm talking about in comparison to New York and the Bay Area, which were yeah. the cities I was in so yeah I mean it's I didn't really think of any other place honestly um now I think you can kind of go wherever and also like since I've established myself it's not like I don't need to meet anybody I know everybody I don't need to be like around the new wave of like of LA culture is like more heavily based in like YouTube and Mm, you know like so like personalities than musicians so for me i can kind of just be a musician now and just worry about making my music better and better making my live show better and better and then i still have to connect with that culture but uh, i don't have to really be in it i don't have to become like a youtuber to be successful <laughs> well let's let's kind of talk let's talk about this you know kind of your career path and your professional you got signed with universal republic records right and you came out with some eps you had two big hits on there both featuring g-eazy right and yeah. one hit i think it was 58 on the top billboard and then some kind of drug also with g-eazy um which was just peaked at 97 so what was like you know your like relationship with G Easy and your experience with him, and how did he kind of like did he help you or was he kind of a mentor for you? Yeah, I mean he we had the same management when I came in, uh, so you know I was like two white dudes doing pop <laughs> and like R and B music, <laughs> right? So we kind of both didn't like that. I think um, <laughs> we kind of sometimes me and him we've been really close at times. We floated off other times but you know i was just with him on halloween and shit like we that's that's my homie uh just are you guys throwing are you guys throwing bangers or no i mean bro (laughs) 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 no comment yeah no comment no no i mean we we've been smooth we i've had you know we've had some wild times together of course and we've done all the shit that you know you expect uh but you know we're we're different I mean, like, I, I'm really, I'm really into, like, this musical pursuit, especially mm-hmm. lately. You know, I'm really, like, <clears throat> I think it's really important to stay into your craft. 
because the other stuff comes and goes, you know, right. like I want to continue to get better and better and better and better. And that's good. Yeah, Mark. So, yes. So, I mean, he was, he was definitely a mentor though. And I learned a lot from him about just the business and touring. And I learned a lot about like your mentality. Uh, I think the people that are really successful, they don't take it as seriously as you think in a way they take yeah. like, their and their brand, their integrity, them being who they are ser- more seriously. Yeah. Than, oh, I hope I'm successful today. Um, <laughs> is always G, you know, right. like in his zone. And it's really important to do that. And I've been bad at that. Sometimes I get, you know, I like to jump around and wear different hats. And sometimes I have to remember, like, you're Marky Basie, an artist. You can't, like, turn into a, a you know, you can't turn into an agent today. Like, right. you got to everyone else do what they do. And, and you <clears throat> just handle your job. So I learned a lot of that from him. That's what's up. Mark, let's talk about your uh, your two albums before we get into some basketball stuff here, just super quick gossip columns. You hit the charts with the EP and you're like, all right, I got to come out with the album. You go on tour. Uh, what was that process like writing that, that first album and, and what did you learn most about that experience? But maybe more importantly, what did you learn more about, about yourself? Making an album is the way that I do it is really hard. You know, it's, it's, it has a lot to do with relationships because I mean, you know, people look at the music like people look at their favorite musicians and they think there's a lot of money there and there can be but the amount of money it takes to make a really good album the way I want to make it you have to do a lot of uh people management right. you know and I realized like a huge part of my job is being a motivator and making people around me inspired so you know and including my management too and my team like making sure that everyone believes in what we're doing and it's not just for the check um right because because even the biggest artists like you know if you produce seven songs on a you know on a leon bridges album or something you're not gonna make any money like a little bit but not it's not like it's not life-changing money until the shit really hits on the radio right which is sometimes you some artists are really successful like i can be successful but you know the the people working on the album you got to take care of them too and for them as a writer or a producer you, the biggest check they're going to get is from when something's on the radio right really really massively successful but as an artist i i get to go tour i get to sell merch i get to be who i am and, and so you know i get the the master royalties for my streaming so for the other people around they have to really believe in it and it has to be a calling card for them. So like, if you work on a Marky Basie album, I want that to ring bells throughout the industry and people to be like, oh, he must be really good because he worked on the Marky Basie album and we know the type of quality that goes on over there. Right. So a lot of it has to do just with, it's, it's uh, you know, making people, keeping people in and believing in the vision. <clears throat> I guess a little follow up to that is, leading into the the postmodern depression album more musical wise how did you mirror that that first album which was it felt like your first album was like really fucking passionate and like true to you are true to who you are as an artist how did you mirror that in the second album and, and it could have been even better for the second album you felt like yeah. at least well the second album the second full album 
postmodern depression was independent. Okay. So it was a whole new right. thing. That was like, you know, when you're on a major label, they kind of do things for you. Like they don't, they don't do as much as you think they're doing, but it just, the album can kind of just get created because all those producers and everyone working on it is billing the label. Mm-hmm. So you ask them to do something and then they just do it and they send the invoice and shit just like magically happens and you're a little a little more hands off even though I was very hands on for a major label artist but once I got independent it was like I got to pick my crew I can't just run all over LA and work with 10 different people and have them invoice universal they're invoicing new gold metal now so right. it's a it's an experience but it was better it like made me sharper because I have to really know you know, what's, what's worth the money, what's valuable, where I get the most value, what, what's important to me. And so from then, and that's carried over to now, like I have a real team now. Um, some of the best fucking people in the world work for me, you know, work with me. Uh, some of the best musicians, some of the best producers on earth. And that's like in-house at this point. Right. And that's because we've found a way to keep everyone like a family, keep everyone paid, keep everyone inspired and like i said a lot of that has to do with the craft like when people especially you know we're talking about artists like when shit's boring no one wants that so as i grow and i i stay open to kind of i don't just necessarily dictate the direction i i follow it too like i see where my people are going you know if, if count basie my main production partner if he's like you know if we're listening to like daft punk and we're just like we're going down like we're listening to french disco music for a month i know we're probably gonna like soak some of that in and we're gonna pick some of that up you know if we're listening to you know we started listening to uh like Corey henry and anderson pack and leon bridges a lot and we started listening to like more mature music in the past year and music with horn arrangements and organs and like more live music. So I was like, oh, we're gonna, so then I started getting that around me. And so I'm like the sponge, you know, that that soaks up what's around me, but I don't necessarily have to dictate it. I just tell my story through where the team is kind of going. Um, And that's like, that's the most fun part. And I'm- That's what what you want to be a part of. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's let's transition. We are a basketball show. We got to get some Marky Basie uh, takes about the NBA here. You're a Warriors guy, you know, San Fran guy, Bay Area guy. What was it like to see the, the transition from the Warriors, you know, kind of ending that drought of 40 years and winning the championship in 2015 and then pretty much seeing their, you know, recent success? They won, you know, back-to-backs in 17-18. What was it like for you? being a fan 15 was also the year that like i got signed and i started putting out music as marky basie so that will forever be those three years those four years were like a highlight of my life because that was also when i really was like in my old band it was like an emo-ish kind of band not emo but it was a band like we didn't get to go to the club and like just get a bag to go sing one song like i do now Right. Well, so it was like, and my DJ was the Warriors. D- he wasn't the, he wasn't like the official team DJ, but he was like the DJ that he's like really close with Draymond, Clay. So I started kicking it with Clay and Draymond and Steph, and I would just be in the bay singing my song that was on the radio, <laughs> and we were winning. And like for me, uh, I was around like 
I was around when it used to be like I saw I have like a picture with Tim Hardaway and shit, you know. Yeah. Uh so <clears throat> just how much we struggled. <laughs> we were just always a little better than the Clippers my whole upbringing. Yeah. And I was such a huge huge fan um at that time and then I kind of was off off of it. After we after the Believe team I was off of it for a few years and then when we came back in 15 when we won I cried like all the way got to got to we were all in the room inside popping champagne fucking up the whole house (laughs) it was one of the best feelings ever and 15 was so sweet because you know without without kd i love kd you know kind of but we all know what that really was and we never know if we could have did it without him but just the way just to see Steph and Clay become the best backcourt in the NBA and be the ones winning the championship and see Steph kind of get past, like, because remember when he was with Monte Ellis, like, yeah. he was raw and he was really good, but that seemed impossible for him to yeah. be an MVP. Right. A back-to-back, fuck, like, oh. <laughs> unanimous. Mind-blowing, yeah. and it, it felt unreal. Uh, and then the culture in the Bay Area too, like the nightlife started turning up with the Warriors. Yeah, I don't know. I was just I've been there. You know? It only went uphill from there. Well, Mark, hold up. I gotta. We're we're big Pacers fans. Uh, I was born in Indiana. Liam's, Liam lives in Indiana, and we. I guess we heard this story on the interview how you sang in Madison Square Garden where the Knicks played the Pacers, and then you and you and Victor Oladipo kind of had a, a a back and forth moment. You want to take us through that? So, <clears throat> I know how good Victor Oladipo is, but he got injured, and I forgot he got injured. So, yeah. I was watching them play, and Brogdon is playing point guard, and Oladipo is just like, I'm sitting courtside, and I'm like, I had already done the national anthem, which I was so nervous to do. I, like, I was freaking <laughs> out, but once we did it, we killed it, and everyone was, like, yelling at me, and so I had this real good vibe. Yeah. A couple whiskey cokes. Yeah, like ten. I'm, I'm <laughs> and uh, we're, we're we're on the sideline. I'm like, Vic, like, what are you doing? Like, I've never really, I've sat courtside a couple times, but I was like, I was just right there, like dead center court on the wood. So I'm just yelling at him to try. Like, I'm like, you're the best player on the court. What are you doing? And and we uh, we were taking like, we were like real time betting too on the phone. Oh, yeah. Like we were, we were running prop bets up. Like I can't remember uh, who's the big guy on the on the Pacers. Tobias Turner. No. Roy Hibbert. No. Sabonis. No, Sabonis was balling too, though. Uh, but anyways, we were like we were gambling and we were hitting everything. And then I was just yelling at Vic the whole time. And then he just he gave me like four straight. Eight straight points, but just like breaking down the defense all the way to the basket and just looked mm. at me each time. And I was <laughs> like, fuck. I told you, bro. But really, you don't realize how much injury has to do with the NBA. And it was like, you know, it's that's changed his whole career. Hopefully, he like gets back to being an all star. Like, yeah. he, he was like the most explosive player in the league for a second. Did you watch any of the, the playoffs this year, you know, in the bubble or? Yeah. I had to man i was stuck in the house like everybody else yeah right um, i thought it was really exciting i liked i didn't mind the bubble i mean definitely asterisk to me partially yeah. but yeah. no one will remember that though 
Right. It's not. It's not. You know that 2013 was a lockout year. One mm -hmm. of us. Uh, yeah. I forgot that. I remember the 99 one because it was that one was like extra. That was like they only played 50 games or something. Mm -hmm. I was a kid, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I was yeah, I was tapped in. What about what about Kobe? Uh, are you a fan of Kobe? And you know, being from kind of the California, LA uh, area, what was you know what did it mean? F I guess maybe for you, but so much for the city. You know, you know, this year winning a championship. Was there any you know extra? It's like I look at this. There's two things. One thing is I'm not, and could never be a Laker or a Dodger fan. I'm not a baseball fan, period. But like, come on, I'm. I hated the Lakers my whole life. I wanted them to lose every game they ever played, any team they ever had. Like, <laughs> and I, I hated Kobe. You know, I was yeah. just I was never ever a fan. That's not. I can't lie, but obviously I know Kobe is a top five NBA player of all time and an amazing, inspiring human being. And, you know, that type of tragedy, it fucked every, the whole city was down. Yeah. It was, it's not going to come back from that. And it's beautiful to see that they won. And especially the Dodgers too, because I don't know when the last time they won, like 30 years ago or something. Forever. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of amazing. I'm not going to go out like to a Laker parade or I'm not going to go like, running the streets when the Dodgers win at all. I would never, because that would almost be like, Kobe wouldn't want, he wouldn't appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I told all my friends on the Warrior chat who are like, you know, on my text thread, who are like turning into Laker fans. Like, that's not, that's They're not hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, like, that's not the Mamba mentality, bro. You like, yeah. I'm still, I'm not like turning into a Laker fan, but I mean, it was just, that's just, I don't think, been, I don't think a person of that caliber has died tragically like that in my lifetime. Like yeah. I remember when Princess Diana died, I was like a little kid and I kind of remember my parents being like, this is, why is everyone so sad? What happened? And explaining that it was like that. Like yeah. this kind of thing has never happened to us. So it was just, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Mark, I was in uh, San Diego. Then I went to LA for a day a couple of weeks ago. And like, I went to Staples Center and like took a picture in front of the Kobe mural. And it was just, so dead there and you could just like feel the the deep energy there and just like the dark inside us i was like fuck dude like one time i go to stable center it's so depressing here so it, it was tough but like you were saying it's it was dope as fuck to see the lakers get one i'm not a huge baseball guy either but it was cool to see the dodgers win yeah. um so really but yeah man um all right, last segment. We're going to shoot the shit with you, if that's cool, Mark. Kind of lighten up a little bit. Um, once again, you're tuning in to Man to Man. We're on Dash Radio. We got Mark E. Basie in the house. Uh, we're going to shoot the shit with you, Mark. Just kind of rapid-fire questions. First thing that pops in your mind, you got to answer. You cool? All right, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. You kind of talked about it, I guess, like the first question, but are you single and ready to mingle? Or are you taking? you looking? What's, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, like, perpetually on the it's complicated button, but I'm I'm single. I'm single. single. Right? Okay, go. he's single. He's single out here. What about uh, favorite food in the fridge? What you got in the fridge, Mark? Uh, I got... I'm a pretty... Uh, <clears throat> shit. I mean, I, I cook now, you know? So it's, Okay, okay. It's like, it's like fine ingredients in my fridge. I have some uh, really nice beets from the farmer's market. Hey, um, hey we, I love some beets. Beets, yeah, beets are I, good. Been, I do a lot of roasting lately, so I, I roast beets. Those are those are pretty good. Put some um, in the crock pot. 
not just I, I roast them in a just in a pan in the, in the oven. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But I like uh, I have that. I have like some some really good uh, some bison that I'm thawing out right now. That I'm gonna put on the grill like a bison burger. Yeah, so, that sounds delicious. I don't think I've ever had bison. Oh my god, change your life. <laughs> All right, what about uh, what about best party you've been to? <clears throat> best party I've ever been to is ever uh, been to best party. The you know, have you ever heard of the rapper Belly? Belly, Belly, yeah, the top of that. Part of like the XO gang. He had a couple songs with the weekend. <clears throat> he had a party. He's from Toronto, and him and Drake had this like long standing font between them. I don't know really like the whole thing, but the night that they decided to like squash it was this party <laughs> was on Belly's birthday, which was high energy vibes the day, after, the day after my birthday. So it was like all the exos the ovos i had to just put out a song with french montana too nice. and he was there every major celebrity and we were up at this this crazy ass like 80 million dollar house all night <clears throat> and uh it was a wild wild party but <laughs> I, I was coming off of a, i fasted for eight days oh my gosh <laughs> first drink you're done dude so I, but the, i was like you know, we were like with all the hitters and like my people and like there was no, I was, it was really, you know, that type of experience. And I ended up throwing up everywhere in front of like every major celebrity in Hollywood. And I threw up like a hundred times. It was a crazy. <laughs> was, that, was that in uh, Beverly Hills or LA? Beverly Hills. Yeah. But everyone was like, yo, are you good? This man's good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, dude, it was the weirdest thing. When I was in Beverly Hills a couple of weeks ago, like I was just saying, same time, I went to Michael Jackson's house for some reason. I, I walked out of the house feeling like I just mastered the moonwalk. It felt insane. Uh, what about what about most famous person <laughs> that slid into the DMs? Uh, or or this could be like most famous person you've slid into their DMs. Uh, <laughs> well, like, I don't like to play myself, so I would never slide into like Rihanna's DMs or something. But <laughs> uh, you know, some actresses probably that I yeah. like. Like, if I catch someone like on the way up, like who was super bad, I was like, wow, she's gonna really like. What's up, girl? That was special, but yeah, I couldn't say any names, bro. Uh, okay, what about? Go ahead, go ahead. I I slid into uh, after I saw Uncut Gems. I slid into baby's uh, DMs, but she has a man. <laughs> Bro, I, that's like a one movie I haven't seen, Liam. You told me to, you told me to go see oh, it. I'm with Julia Fox. Oh, my God. I was like, <sighs> I don't care what anyone says. I'm sliding into her DMs. <laughs> okay, if you, had the, uh, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds. Do that. that does not work. <laughs> hey, was- man, shoot your shot, dude. Nah, no, that's true. I, I mean, it works, actually. No, nah, it's true. It works. It works. Uh, all right, so if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? It's kind of like a deeper question. Um, I would say I'm, you know, I mean, shit, they're still counting. They're tabulating the ballots as we speak. So I, oh I would my gosh. one thing, uh, you know, I really, I come from San Francisco, extremely liberal, extremely progressive. I was raised, you know, in a, in a culture that values equality. Um, above all else and peace and you know we don't mind paying more taxes we don't mind regulation if it you know supports 
the less fortunate overall. I would definitely say people need to get out of this identity politics. Like if you vote for Trump, don't talk to me shit. Cause if you, a, a lot of, you really, there's a huge divide right now, but I think people are um, misinformed about what it really is. And to me, traveling this country the way I have, and cause you know, we play in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We play in not just Cleveland, Ohio. Like I've been to, you know, Ohio State. Like I've, I've been to all these places and it's like the difference between people that grow up in rural areas and urban areas. That's really what it is. It's, you know, yeah. people that are, are from rural communities their upbringing is so, so much different. You know, like you go to the South and there's, there's counties in the South where you can't get homeowners insurance unless you have a gun. Yeah. Because there's no police station 30 within 30 miles from you. So they won't even insure you unless you have a, so like some people's experiences is so much different that their, their political leaning doesn't necessarily just make them racist or make them, you know, I don't buy that shit especially from you know if you come from the bay area there's like a lot of really wealthy communities that are completely white (laughs) and it's like you guys can't go telling you know people that are like you know from the like country trap that they're like bad and stupid and racist like that's not going to do anything and those people actually have to deal with what's really going on so i I think people need to kind of they need to get out of their echo chambers and they need to like they need to realize the percentage of people that are just inherently bad people is really small and there has to be some type of conversation between people nowadays <clears throat> a lot of judgmental a first time voter over here shout out um all right mark best re- we got a couple more for you best relationship advice people got to know the guys got to know how do you keep a girlfriend or do you or do you how do you get over a girl how i don't know dude we all been through it okay, well, if you got to get over a girl get off your phone just don't look at it Two months. Two okay. That's fair. That's, that's number one. De- delete all social media from your phone for two months. What if you just block her? Is that, can you still get on social media or no? Uh, you'll still, she'll hit you. You'll pop up somehow. You'll see <laughs> okay. your homie was watching her, you know? So it's like, you got to drop all that. Um, that's how you get past it. And you just like live, be present. Uh, and I would say, um, it's really hard in LA because there's so much, so many options, so many young, hot people with money and shit. And it's just like, uh, it's, it's more difficult here, but I think it's, you need to really check your ego and just, are you being, do you just want, want this person because you don't want someone else to have them? It's the classic thing, you know? Um, but, you know, I have never, uh, I haven't conquered that myself yet. So I don't have like too much great advice. But <clears throat> for me, it's definitely about checking my ego. And I, I always, my mom always says, you are not your feelings. And so sometimes you might feel a certain way and like you get that like adrenaline rush. Like what's what's that person doing? And then you yeah, text yeah. all the stupid shit when you could have just like. Start freaking the fuck out. Just breathe, you know. Yeah. Breathe for 10 minutes and then see how you feel really important don't be so reactionary guys we got to breathe out here all right what about we got two more for you mark uh i guess basketball questions again mj or jordan the classic debate lebron or jordan LeBron. Or i'm sorry i'm sorry lebron and jordan excuse me um i mean very different really hard to say uh i, I mean for me like I, I i tend to go more towards the 
just that cutthroat, nasty six and zero, six finals MVPs, like just that ultimate alpha mentality where it's like, like Jordan's not even gonna let anyone else get an MVP over him ever. That's just probably just as serious in his mind as winning the championship. Like I'm the very best, then my team is the very best, and then everyone falls in line in every way. Um, but <clears throat> LeBron still doing what he can do. MJ couldn't have done that. So I would say they're they're tied in different different ways. I think they're definitely the two best of all time. Um, but I would I would give the nod to Jordan just because personally I'm more inspired by that dog energy. Yeah. That especially after the documentary the younger guys like us like we saw that and we're like okay so that's what jordan did and we were like we know the six rings but seeing all the whole 10 episodes it was like okay fuck it's gotta be jordan nobody looks better than jordan playing basketball except kobe that him and kobe like just the skill set like if if you see lebron play if you ever the craziest place to watch lebron play live is from the nosebleeds if you ever sit in the nosebleeds and see lebron he just looks like he's running downhill and everyone else is running up. It's so weird, but he's just – it's like if you if you didn't even know what basketball was and you were just watching it, you'd be like, oh, there's like an unfair guy on the yeah. court. Yeah, like overall in 2K. Um, but, yeah, he, he doesn't – the one thing LeBron just doesn't have that Jordan had and that Kobe had is as the intensity and the pressure like builds up, Luca kind of has it. Like you can feel Ooh, certain. Okay, okay, Luca. You can feel certain. I like that. Like as it like gets more and more intense, you just know somehow this person, Dame, kind of has it. Yeah. Like you can just feel they're gonna do something incredible. And overall, those moments they come and go, and they don't necessarily mean you're gonna win an NBA championship. So LeBron, he's the best player because he just keeps like he doesn't stop and he doesn't get emotional. He doesn't let all that affect him <laughs> sometimes he hits the buzzer he's hit a lot of buzzer beaters too people try oh, to yeah. act like not clutch or something but jordan it was like every time like god damn you yeah. do not want to get into a <laughs> high pressure situation with him win and he never lost in that scenario and so that that was just like i love that was you know that's just he was more dramatic it was just like yeah. every time if you if you make it close if you make if you up the up the stakes emotionally, Jordan's going to win. And you could tell people would, like, try to not fuck with Jordan, and they would try to not fuck with Kobe because yeah. they'll win every time. When you, like, you can't rattle him. He's going to yeah. take that and beat you. You even asked all his teammates. He was like, yeah, he was an asshole, but, like, did we deserve it, and did he teach us a lesson? They were like, hell yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, Marky Basie going with Jordan. We got one more for you. Best NBA show out there, NBA The Jump, Inside the NBA or our show, Man to Man, the NBA show. Gotta be man to man, baby. Gotta First be man to man. Yeah, of course. I'll talk. Hey, Marky man, we appreciate you coming on, man. For our listeners out there, go check out the new single "Free Like Me" on all streaming platforms. Mark, best of luck to you, man. Keep doing what you do. Your music is inspiring. You got any last words for us? Maybe what should we expect next from Marky Basie here? Yeah, uh, there will be. I'm gonna have another song out before the year is up, so just keep tapping in, and I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm keeping my foot on the gas now in terms of just, I want to just release more and more. I've been working so much and COVID has given us an opportunity to kind of just hone our craft a little bit. So I'm excited about getting all this stuff I've been working on. So man, don't miss out. Don't miss out on the new wave, Mark. We appreciate it. We look forward to seeing what's up next, my guy. Take care. All right. 
All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Mark. We appreciate that, bro. Yeah, man. Thank it was you. fun. Thanks for coming on. Big fans, right, man. Perfect. Appreciate it. Luck, we'll send you some merch, Mark. We we'll send you merch. Okay, please. Did you send me? Dude, I will. I'll hit up uh, Lorraine. We got one XL left in these sweatshirts. We want to send it to you if that's cool. That's fine. Perfect. Oh, yeah, bro. All right, bro. Keep grinding, man. We appreciate it. All right, y'all. See you. I'll tell you what, Hoop. Little Marky Basie, man. I, I, I was working out in my room the other night. I think I had like one of his songs on Spotify, Morning. If you haven't heard Morning by Marky Basie, I think it's a single. Fucking slaps. So I'm like, all right, what's the guy doing nowadays? You know, looking at his Spotify, he had a hot new single that just came out. It's on repeat. We're playing it on repeat, right? Yeah. So he's yeah. killing it, man. Mark's, Mark's a, a totally cool dude. We'll hope to have him on again. We're going to send you some merch, Mark. So uh, get prepared to rock that MTM, my guy. Yeah, it was cool. Cool to have him on. Didn't know he was uh, as big of a, a Warriors fan than he was. I mean, he was yeah. chilling with Steph, Clay, Draymond. So that was cool to hear about that, man. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you, you gotta know that he's kind of living a dream out there in LA. So yeah. it's it's pretty yeah. cool to have him on. We're but, like, Mark, is it cool to uh, is it hard to hang out in LA? He's like, no, nah, fuck no, I'm hanging out with Clay Thompson, Draymond Green over here on the side. <laughs> like, yeah, like, all right, cool, Mark, let us come hang out for a second, all right? But, yeah, we definitely we, we're gonna have to have a trip out there and maybe uh, see what yeah. we can do. We'll see, we'll see if we can slide in Mark's house with without security just kicking us the fuck out. So yeah, but uh, I guess with that, guys. Great episode this week. Again, thanks for Mark coming on and, you know, shooting the shit with us. Uh, with that, I guess this week's episode is going to come to a wrap. Make sure to go check us out on social media. That's at Man to Man Podcast on all social media. We got Instagram. We got Twitter. We got our YouTube page. And a, we got our TikTok. Go we check got out, TikTok. Go check out the TikTok. We got the Basie song out there, Free Like Me Again. And again, big thing this week, though, the merch. We got to yeah. get the merch out there. Rep the merch. Twesenton has it on right it's now. It's like our hottest merch we've had, dude. I'm sorry. Right. We actually killed this merch, didn't we? Right. So definitely, you know, hit us hit us up. Send us a DM if you want to get a merch uh, sweatshirt, you know. So, but with that, we will catch you next week, guys. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, Pacing Nation, baby. <laughs> she want to be free just like me. Free just like me You were my mirror That's the reflection I see She wanna be free just like me Free just like me